Hey folks, long time no see. I'm Nick D'Alessandro, and this is Wait 5 Minutes, a podcast about Florida by a Floridian. I hope your October has treated you kindly so far. I am certainly enjoying the increasingly cool weather, the autumnal decorations, and the loads of horror movies that I have watched in the last couple of weeks. This is the prologue of the conservation season, the beginning of an exciting new adventure for this show. Before we get started on this excursion into conservation and Florida nature and Florida animals and experts, I wanted to introduce a recurring character in the coming episodes that you're going to become pretty familiar with. And I wanted to introduce you to the basics of American conservation theory. But first, I want to tell you about my neighbors, the Sandhill Cranes. Sandhill Cranes march by my back porch pretty much every single day. If they aren't directly in my backyard, they are still nearby, strolling through the high grass of my neighborhood. When spring came a few months ago, I watched as the young sandhill cranes, the chicks, grew from down feather creatures to the tall gray cranes that are so familiar. My cats watch from the porch as these unusual towering birds slip by, their sharp beaks facing the sky. For a day or so, we fed them a handful of bird seed and the cranes gladly accepted. We would lay it out on the porch and they would pick it up and move on their way. I quickly learned that this was a mistake. Wild animals should not be fed by people because you don't want them to become dependent on you. That's true for squirrels, that's true for ducks, and that's true for sandhill cranes. They should have their foraging abilities intact without any assistance from silly sentimental humans like us. So we stopped giving them bird seed, and the next day, the cranes arrived, their red foreheads glowing in the sun. I stood behind the glass and watched them watch me, and then they left. They haven't returned expecting to be fed since. When I hear them fly overhead or I see them and their children walking along the edge of the pond behind my house, I cannot help but wish there was something I could give to them. Their mere presence means a lot to me. It always brightens my day to see them dancing around or calling high into the air. I cannot give them food for their own well-being. I cannot provide them with a finer ecosystem than the one they have. I can only watch and smile and let them walk on their way. That, I suppose, is what I'm giving them. I'm leaving them alone. Nearly a century ago, an American conservationist struggled with this same balance. His name was Aldo Leopold. If you've never heard the name, that's totally fine. Neither did I until this past spring. I don't know how I lived a quarter century without ever learning who he was, especially when he is as prominent of a figure in the environmentalist community. He was born in 1887 on the border of Iowa and Illinois in the city of Burlington, Iowa, right on the Mississippi River. He went to the Yale Forest School and joined up quickly with the U.S. Forest Service, where he spent much of his time working in America's woodlands. Late in his career, he moved to environmental education, teaching wildlife and game management. By the 1930s, Aldo and his family moved to a spot along the Wisconsin River where they began restoring a farm to ecological prominence. Quote, the family planted thousands of pine trees and restored prairies. End quote. During this period, Leopold began writing about his experience both as a forestry expert and as a man living on the land. He would sit at his home and write about the wildlife he saw, the small animals and the big, the songbirds and the cranes. He spoke as a hunter, a logger, an observer, a father, and a human being. He enjoyed the world around him, and he was afraid for what the future held. He passed away in 1948 at the age of 61. 
A year after his passing, his family published his writings in a book called A Sand County Almanac. Since it was published, it has become a seminal text of the conservationist movement. I'll tell you why. In his book, Leopold details a concept called the land ethic. The concept of the land ethic encapsulates the idea that human beings and the world around them are part of the same community, blending the natural world and modern human life. Leopold believed this back in the 40s, that our lives, our continued survival, is intertwined, and removing humans from the picture of our greater ecosystem will only lead to our end. Humans must be involved in the nature around them, in preserving it, in, in being a part of the chain of events. He believed that caring for the land would lead to broader care for humanity. He wanted people to read his writing, wherein he reconsidered his relationship with hunting animals, where he valued the loss of life in cutting down trees, where he analyzed the relationships between other animals when humans weren't involved. He wanted readers to walk away feeling inspired to observe their world in how it is with and without humans involved. But he was also anxious. People can only care about what they see or have a relationship with, so therefore people need to be more present with the environment to fight for it. But on the other hand, the more humans put themselves in proximity to raw ecological systems, the more likely it is that they'll overuse it and have some negative impact on it. Aldo was very nervous about how we interact with the nature around us, how vital it was that people gave a damn, and how destructive that can be in the long term. Just like me and my cranes, I'd love to have them close, to see them every day, to know that they'll always be around, but if I provide them with snacks, it'll make them dependent on me and could fundamentally ruin their ability to survive on their own. So I take Aldo's advice. I let them walk away. I wait for their return. This season is about the balance, the anxieties, the failings, the projects, the hope, the programs, the experts, the philosophies, and the breakthroughs of conservation in the modern age. In preparation of this season, I've spoken with authors. Like any political movement, the conservation movement is an ecosystem of people working together and arguing and building on each other's ideas. Historians. It basically helped to create the state park system in Florida. Journalists. And this right here is the ground zero for the manatee mortality event this year. Experts working in animal refuges right now. When it comes to the refuge system, I mentioned we have 568 of these special places. They're within 50 miles of every major city. And so many more. We're going to talk about plants, animals, water, air, and all the wonderful folks involved in that job every single day. Conservation is a complicated, evolving field, one which struggles every day to solve each individual problem in a comprehensive way. Oftentimes, we fail. Other times, we get close to getting it right. Sometimes, we just succeed. But the story of conservation is all the ways we have tried to get better. Aldo Leopold said, conservation is a state of harmony between men and land end quote, pardon his gendered use of the word men, but this season is about finding that harmony between us and the land around us in the state of Florida. I am so excited about the people you're going to hear from, about the stories we're going to get to tell. This is a very unique season where we're going to talk about the animals and the spaces around us and how they matter to us. 
I am so, so, so excited for you to hear about it. So next week, we're starting off with a bang. I got to speak with an amazing expert in the field. Her name is Tony Westland. She works at the Ding Darling National Wildlife Refuge on Sanibel Island. We talked for a very long time, and I just want you to hear the kind of person who is working in conservation right now and tell you a little bit about the Ding Darling Refuge because it is an amazing spot. So tune in next week for that very first episode. Follow the show on social media at WFM Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can send me an email if you would like about this season or next year's episodes. I would love to hear from you. I am just so excited for what this season holds, for the stories that we're going to get to tell, the people we're going to get to meet. You're just going to love it. I'm looking forward to it. Until then, I am Nick D'Alessandro. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Get vaccinated so you can help your neighbors around you. And hey, if it's time to get your booster shot, look into it. And of course, drink more water. Have a good weekend. I will see you on Monday.